Hey, it's Dylan here. Did you know that you can watch the entire interview online? The videos are at watch.hadwm.com. Enjoy this episode. Have a drink with me. Hey! Joining me today is a TV writer and a comic, Josh Greenberg. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing this. I'm very excited about this because I tried to snatch you up last year for us for an episode, and and then I I don't know got you this year. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think things were kind of crazy at the time, uh, and things are still crazy, but a little less crazy. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I'm yeah. very happy I get to be on this. Yeah, everyone kind of gets uh, gets the understanding now of like their schedules. Now it's like, oh yeah, I guess I'm not leaving the house for like a couple of weeks. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. we're good. So you have chosen our drink for today. It's rum and Cokes. Yes. Yes. Rum and Coke. Um, I am a major Coke stan. Um, yeah. Kids like to say, um, I love me a Coca-Cola. I'm really not a big drinker. So um, mm-hmm. when I uh, started dating and realized that like you had to drink on a, on a, Date, I would go mm-hmm. to the old standby rum and coke with just a, a mostly 99% coke, a, a tiny yeah. splash of rum, and that's what I'm drinking. Okay, so you just got a splash of rum today and yes. mostly coke? Exactly. Okay, that's fair. Exactly. Well, <laughs> hopefully you're impressed. Uh, I'm going to be drinking uh, my rum and coke out of a boot. That is very cool. <laughs> and I don't know like the proper measurements for how, you, how people should do Rum and Coke, but I think it's pretty close. I mean, yeah. I mean, if it's served in a boot, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a story behind that glass? So I bought it for Oktoberfest in Big Bear. Uh, my wife and I go like every year. And it's it looks like it's only like a 24-ounce boot, but it's actually 32. Or it looks like it's 16, but it's actually 32. So using this... You buy for you buy one drink and then they fill it to the top, but it's actually the price of two drinks. So I just love having this, and That's I was cool. looking downstairs to see what fun thing I could drink out of, and I <laughs> found this tucked That's away. That's very cool, and most most importantly, I hope it's dishwasher safe. Um, it isn't. This okay, is well, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Hand wash. Yeah, that's fine. It started to melt around the rim too. First time I put it in. <laughs> I see. But, but yeah, so rum and cokes. So you aren't much of a drinker, but rum and no. cokes. Anything else that you kind of go for? Is it just strictly a little bit um, of rum and a lot of coke? Um, uh, on like vacations and stuff, I will do a very very masculine daiquiri. Um, oh, yeah. Anything with an umbrella or um, you know, fruit on a on a stick on a swizzle stick. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I love a frozen frozen drink so yeah i was trying to think of the last time i had rum and it was um like a pina colada out of a pineapple nice so it was very fruity drink out of a fruit so i'm not much of a rum drinker it's i typically only have it if i order a whiskey coke Mm. and they give me rum on accident i see i see yeah but it's good Um, yeah i i i'm i just i never really liked the taste of alcohol i never really um for some reason never got it especially i know this is going to sound really weird but especially beer i just never i could Mm -hmm. never get the hang of beer and so rum 
for me, uh, especially mixed with Coke because I'm 12 years old, um, is delicious. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's about as, you know, hardcore as I get. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's dangerous too, like dangerously delicious. For sure. For sure. So speaking of Coke, I want to dive into what our topic is today. (laughs) And it's a movie that has a lot to do with Coke, but also boobies and wieners. Yep. Boogie Nights. Yes. So this is one of your favorite movies, I would assume. You said you could talk about it for days. It is. It is. I'm really delighted we're talking about it because you said, you know, are there any movies that, that, you know, we could discuss? And Mm -hmm. I said, I think Clue, uh, Boogie Night, and Empire Strikes Back, any of them I could discuss endlessly, and and a few other films Mm -hmm. too, but um, Boogie Nights is just... Is just a, a goddamn classic film, in my opinion. One of mm-hmm. one of the greatest American films ever. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. Um, I saw it a few years ago, but it, I remembered like parts of it, and I must have missed the last like two minutes of the movie before, because this time I got surprised with uh, Mark Wahlberg's penis. Yeah, here you go. You're yeah. a rock star. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was there. You know what I found very weird about it? Um, I didn't think it was that big. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, sorry. sorry. That's, not, that's not funny. Um, uh, yeah. I, uh, that, was, that was quite a shocking, quite a shocking ending to that movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he, he, uh, he had the prosthetic. He got to take that prosthetic home with him. So. Oh, it's great. Where would yeah. you keep something like that? I don't know. If you get to take it home. It's an awkward conversation piece, I guess. Yeah. So. You just like, I don't know, door knocker or something. I guess we don't use door knockers anymore. They're no, all just ring no. cameras. No, we, we should get back to that, though. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can find one for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I also read that uh, the, um, the Dirk Diggler painting that appears in the movie sold on eBay for like several hundred dollars. The one that looks nothing like him. Exactly. Looks like Bill Hader. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It is remarkably unlike Mark Wahlberg. But uh, yeah. He's just so sweet in the movie, too, because he's like, oh, look, there's a painting of me. Exactly. And it's like, looks nothing like you. And he's like, oh, look over here. Here's another painting. And it's that's, like, that also doesn't look like him. That's right. That's right. You do a very, uh, a very good uh, impression, by the way. Mark, Mark. <laughs> Thanks. Pretty good. Thanks. Pretty good. I, I, I find it very amusing, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he is, you, you, you picked up on something that he is very, uh, sweet in the whole movie. And, um, Mark Wahlberg is often so kind of just kind of seedy and unlikable. And, yeah. um, this is such a, such a great, charming performance from him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even when, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, leans in and kisses him New Year's Eve, he's still like, yo, what are you doing? Let's just get back inside. Get to the party. Doesn't <laughs> want to like, he's not even like pissed about it. He's just like a sweet boy. Yeah, he doesn't want to mess up his friendship with Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so great. It, it's, um, he just captures this certain attitude of like the young, you know, white dude in America in the 70s. He's mm-hmm. sort of naive then he, you know, gets this, you know, ego and it all comes crashing down. It's, it's just really, it's, it's so well executed. 
Um, yeah. And uh, I love the fact that also, like, no one in the film is particularly bright. Um, mm -hmm. They're all just kind of sweet dummies, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I, the first thing that came to my mind watching that was the 90s really did William Macy bad. Like, <laughs> he gets screwed over in every single movie he was doing. Like, in Fargo, he want, he's like money issues, wants to have his wife kidnapped. Yeah. In this, he has to watch his wife get plowed endlessly. <laughs> and then I just watched um, Happy Texas. I don't know if you've seen that. I have, yes. Also, Great movie. Uh, have you seen The Cooler? No, I have another Another one from that era. And like, he just really got typecast as like the loser, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he was, he was very good at that role. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even in um, um, Shameless. I mean, he's not so much like the you can take advantage of this kind of loser. He's like a different end of the spectrum of loser. Right. Right. Oh, so good, though. Yes. Sorry, I have I have a fun question for you. Sure. That I think <laughs> I think you'll appreciate. It's very fucking stupid. But I want to I want you to maybe close your eyes. Get get into this. Um, if you were roller girl. Or roller man, uh, and you you had to wear your skates all the time. How long do you think you can go before you start breaking your ankles? <laughs> it's a, it's a question the film never really addresses, does it? Yeah, yeah she I doesn't guess. take them off. But no. uh, how long do you think you could go before you're just like, no, 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 no? <laughs> oh, if it was me personally, I would. You personally. Yeah, I'd probably be able to go a good solid three seconds before falling and hurting myself yeah. because I'm very uncoordinated. But mm -hmm. apparently Heather Graham does not have that problem. Not at all. Yeah. I, even right off the bat, she's like in school and she's just out of her seat and rolling and then somehow undresses while doing it too. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way. I would, I would put them on and like be excited that I have rollerblades on or roller skates <laughs> rather. And then I would like, you like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit. I'll keep them on for a little bit. But yeah, I'd <laughs> yeah. eat shit almost immediately. Exactly. Me too. Me too. I, I, think <laughs> I, might, I think if I have one teeny tiny nitpick with the movie, it mm -hmm. might be that roller skates, I think, were like a very specific period of time. And mm. she has them during this pretty big span, almost like, you know, a decade uh, yeah, you know, from the '70s through the '80s, and I'm not sure if they were like as cool in the '80s uh, yeah. as they were in the '70s. But but what? Well, know. it also touches on your point of like everyone was a lovable dummy. She didn't even have her high school diploma, so it could be that she was just like, "Oh, I like roller skates." And I mean, <laughs> yeah. everyone in that movie really was like, "I don't care what other people think of me." Yeah, I mean, our boy Marky Mark gets that way, but for the most part, everyone's just like gonna do my own thing i'm gonna yeah. be my own version of cool and whatever deal with yes. it so yes. i think that that's probably why she just never took them off for a full 10 years that's that's a that's a good point that's a very good point i guess probably the only person who was obsessed with what other people thought was philip seymour hoffman so i mean right he was the only he was the only one who was constantly wanting to emulate uh dirk diggler right to yeah, he wanted to be. Yeah, he wanted to be as cool as the loser people. <laughs> right, right. 
right? Just yes. all the way at the low. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. I thought he was going to drive away and then hurt himself. Right. I'm glad he didn't. Because you can see in the in the scene after when uh, William William H Macy mm-hmm. William H Macy goes and grabs the gun out of his car. You can see Philip Seymour Hoffman in his new orange car getting out and going back to the party. Oh, so it's like, great. oh, good. He he doesn't leave. So that's great. That's that's very cool. I remember someone pointing out that when he first meets Mark Wahlberg, there's this incredible detail where his shirt is too small and it keeps like rolling up on him. And it's mm-hmm. almost like a like a cartoon tuxedo where he keeps like unrolling it and oh. tucking it back down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, that was when he had the clipboard and he was trying to bring him down into the basement. Right. And he kept yes, sucking yeah. on the pen the whole time. He's like yeah. moving and he's like sucking on the pen and looking at him. Yeah. What a great, a great performance he did too for like probably like one of the only characters you really need to feel bad for. And Absolutely. for really no reason at all. He's just plays like a character you're supposed to feel bad for. And yeah. I don't know why. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I saw him once in a restaurant and it was very exciting. Oh, really? Where was yeah. it? In New York. Um, I had gone to see, there was this play a few years ago that was, um, that was really popular called, um, shit, what was it called? Sleep No More. And it was like this very interactive play where everyone in the audience put on masks and then you Mm -hmm. walk around this like big warehouse. Um, So, and you're sort of seeing actors in different rooms acting out scenes. And it's just creepy because the entire audience is wearing a mask. And then afterwards, uh, my sister and I went to a restaurant and we had our masks sitting on the table. And across the restaurant, Philip Seymour Hoffman was eating also with a mask on his table. And we looked at each other and gave a kind of knowing nod. Like, yeah. It was very <laughs> eyes wide. You were at the sex party too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's such an interesting way to like meet somebody like i feel like that is you know how someone would have met philip seymour hoffman would just be like yeah we're in a basement we've got masks on right right no big deal (laughs) and you go to a go to a diner after and it's just like you have to pretend that nothing was weird yeah totally oh that's great do you have a, a favorite scene or uh or anything from the movie well i would say i mean the most effective scene i think is the uh like climactic scene in uh in um alfred molina's mansion with oh the, yeah the, 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 like i showed that um to my wife before before we got married i was like okay this is i know this is weird because this is a movie all about like the porn world but this is one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies of all time and she uh, one great thing about this movie, I think, is that it sort of crosses lines. Like my parents, yeah. who wouldn't you wouldn't think my parents you know, would love a movie like this, but they love it, and and uh, and my wife does too. And she she I remember her saying, "I have never been more tense than during that scene with the firecrackers." Um, yep. it's just everything—the firecrackers and the way the camera shifts over to focus on. Marky Mark, and he goes through this whole range of emotions 
on his yeah. face. It's just, oh, it's so beautiful and, and tension provoking. I, mm-hmm. I love, I love that scene. Yeah. I, so I, like I was saying, I had seen it before and then I watched it again last night. And in that scene where, uh, you know, he's just sitting there just kind of like, he's smiling a little bit and John C. Riley's like, we got to go. And he's just like, I'm like, what is going through your head? I don't remember what happens here, but literally anything could happen at this exact moment because that's how hard it is to read everything in that scene. But it's just like Alfred Molina was so good in that. And, oh my God. So good. And, uh, you know, Tom Jane with the super fake mustache, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've seen that Alfred Molina has talked about, you know, he, he did that shoot for like, I don't know, a day or two days or something. Mm-hmm. And here he's got this, you know, long, really esteemed career. And he said, the only thing people come up and ask him about is that scene in Boogie Nights. This scene that he, he only shot on for a day or two. Um, but it was so memorable. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah, Thomas Jane is so, so good. Um there's another scene also that does a similar camera move that I, I love when, um, when Burt Reynolds first uh, like propositions Mark Wahlberg. Not not in the not when Mark Wahlberg is working as like a, a busboy, but he takes him out to like a diner with Julianne Moore and Heather Graham, and the camera does some really really weird interesting moves where it's mm-hmm. like a, it's they're like sitting in a booth. And it's like a, yeah. a two shot. And then suddenly the camera just slides sideways until it's focused on Mark Wahlberg. And then it slides back into place. It's, Interesting. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's really, really a cool way to, to um, make a, you know, a, a regular static dialogue scene kind of fresh and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very like dynamic too. Um, yeah. I, the movie, like, it's funny because of the premise, you know, it's a guy with a freaking 13 inch penis who wants to be an actor. So he gets into porn, but, but also like the movies shot so well, like mm-hmm. they do so many one take single camera scenes, like following Burt Reynolds going through the house or, oh. you know, Mark Wahlberg going through the house. And I was just like blown away by that too, because you didn't need that stuff to get the movie over and like to get the point of it. And like, I thought the acting was really good. The different, uh, like the variety of characters and like the incredible cast is enough to get it over. And then they still just had insane direction on it. It was so like, so pleasant to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very clear that he's, he's very influenced by, you know, Scorsese because there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, you know, that sort of good fellas vibe in, in the movie. Oh, another yeah. thing is that's very Scorsese is it is just wall to wall music, mm-hmm. like the the use of you know these these um, pop hits and and disco hits to like take you through that era is yeah. really uh, impressive. Um, mm-hmm. I always wonder how much that cost. That I mean, must have like if he had a specific song in mind and knew he yeah. wanted to use that song, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure it cost a shit ton of money. So yeah, that'd be interesting to know. I always think that like when I'm writing something, I'll create a playlist on like Spotify or whatever. And it's playing through my head and I'm like, 
yeah, this just fits. And I wonder how often uh, directors, you know, they do, they do that. Like they have the song in their head and they're like, this is the only song that's going to work. If not, we're not doing it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. we're just going to nix the scene completely. You know, that's kind of how it, it seems. Yeah, totally. I love, I, I love music or I love movies where they just like, one of the main focuses is the music and yeah, a great soundtrack for this. And I felt like everything went really well with it. Did you, uh, did you have a favorite, any favorite scenes, uh, uh, anything <laughs> that jumped out at you? I have a favorite line and it's, I'm trying to think of what the guy's name was, but he's the one who wants to switch from film to VHS. Oh, the yeah. older guy. I thought it was the Colonel, but it's not the Colonel. His it's... name is uh, Floyd Gondoli. Floyd. Yeah, Floyd so, Gondoli, yeah. So, I, I mean, the, the Alfred Molina scene is, I would say, the best scene. But the best line is Floyd saying, put butter in my ass, a lollipop in my mouth. I'm a happy it's man. It's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Yep. There's a great... There's a great uh, uh, thing happening in the background during that moment. I don't know if you if you saw this, but if you, if you go back and watch it, the guy who plays the colonel is in mm-hmm. the deep background of that shot and he is cracking up. So I, I think maybe those lines, you know, butter in my ass, lollipop, I think that must have been improvised because you can see him just bursting out laughing in the background. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They oh, did a really good, good job with another line where William Macy is chatting with um, the editor, the film editor, while his wife's out back having sex. And he's like, my wife's got her ass in some dude's dick right now. Or oh, yeah, yeah. something along yeah. that line. Yeah. And it was yeah. delivered so well. And I love that it wasn't, it was just said and no one tried to correct him because Absolutely. far too often in movies, people are like, wait, what did you say? Right. It was just like, he said that and then, and that was it. Yeah, well, it makes sense because he's so fucking flustered in the moment that he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna say that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? I'll tell you a favorite line of mine. I mean, there's so many great little lines, but yeah, when Burt Reynolds is having that confrontation with Mark Wahlberg by the pool, and uh, Mark Wahlberg's like, "Come on, I'm ready to shoot. I want to shoot my my scene." And Burt, sorry, I can't do as good an impression as you can. Um, hey. Uh, and, and Burt Reynolds is like, well, nevertheless, I'm not going to shoot you in the state that you're in. And Mark Wahlberg says, the state I'm in? The state of California? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't know that expression. Come on, come on. Feel it. Feel it. <laughs> feel the vibration. Oh, yeah. That was yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> they uh, did a great job with everyone. I, yeah. It, it, I don't know if you've seen um, The Art of Self-Defense. No. What is that? In- Incredible movie. It's Jesse oh, Eisenberg. Yeah, it came out pretty recently, right? Yeah, I think 2018, 2019. But it's a movie about all these people who take karate lessons. And they're all like, I mean, if you were like, oh, I, I take karate. I mean, Mark Wahlberg also so many times is like, yo, I'll fight you, dude. I know karate. <laughs> and But in this movie, like that would be the gag of like, Oh, you know, Dwight Schrute does karate, you know, Oh, that's so funny. But everyone in this movie does karate and they are all so serious about it. So they're just like, they're goofy because they're just like, Oh, you wear your belt everywhere you go. And then everyone else in the movie is just like, yes, 
we do. And that's it. That's a, another good way or another good, uh, you know, example of writing these goofy characters in a scene or a full movie to make it so realistic that you're not like pulled out because someone's the, uh, the straight guy, you know, someone's like, come on, we're just shooting porn here. You idiots. Like why right. is everyone so stupid? Everyone's just like on the same level. And that's just like, it just makes it so much better. Cause then you can, you can be in it and you don't have to pick and choose of like, Oh, well this character's right because of this. It's just, no, everyone's a little dumb and everyone's a little, out there and uh it's just super entertaining yeah absolutely um anytime like you a movie gets into a subculture you know be it you know the mob or porn movies or whatever it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to see how like kind of enclosed it is it's like yeah these are these people live in this world and to them this world is very very important like Mm -hmm. burt reynolds talks so earnestly about making a film that he'll be remembered by, you know, that a, a legacy film. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. Like it's, 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 it's easy for us outside of that world to say, Oh, that's so sad or so embarrassing, but there's mm-hmm. something also so like charming that he believes yeah. that this will stand the test of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it really kind of does. I mean, you would assume living in this world, his legacy lives on, you know, it's like, um, you look at like any director, really. I mean, do I know any porn directors? No, but it would, you know, back in the seventies and the eighties when he's doing this, his character's doing this, you know, that's like the whole movement of, of porn in their genre and their subculture, like you're saying. So like, that's absolutely going to move on yeah. you know, or live on rather. Um, but yeah, that's, Great movie. Have you Great um, movie. have you read anything about Burt Reynolds, uh, his attitude in the filming or uh, about the movie? No, but I would love to hear about it. It's it's really interesting. He apparently he turned down the movie many times, um, mm-hmm. and and a bunch of people had been offered that role. Like Warren Beatty had been offered the role, and also oh, wow. turned down. Sidney Pollack had been offered it and turned it down. But finally, Burt Reynolds took the role and apparently he was just a real dick, um, a difficult person, you know, to work with on set. Mm -hmm. And once the movie was completed, he was like ashamed of it and he wouldn't do any press. He, he was like, this is, this is, you know, I, I don't feel this is representative of my, of my career. I shouldn't have done this. It was a mistake. And then all of a sudden the movie comes out it's a it's a huge hit, huge and, success, yeah. and, and everyone is like marveling at how great he is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets nominated for I think maybe he won a Golden Globe, and he got nominated for an Oscar. But um, he had just so kind of misjudged what the movie was, or maybe he just didn't get what it was, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the legend is that he lost the Oscar because. He was so outspoken about how much he hated the movie. So that would make complete sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see how he felt about the movie The End that he did with Dom DeLuise. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's a real <laughs> I, I, I do remember a real that. piece. Yeah. 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 I mean, Burt Reynolds of all people to be, you know, judging, you know, bad movies. He, yeah. he made quite a few horrible movies in the eighties. Mm-hmm. 
I've never seen such worse acting out of Burt Reynolds than in that movie. Oh, man, uh, rough, rough to watch. But I mean, you can't really skip a Dom DeLuise movie. So I, I like I had to watch it. And I was just like, Burt Reynolds is so bad in this. He's just it, but but I also would assume that maybe that was one of the things, too, where he was like, oh, you know, what? I need the money. I'm going to do this stupid film and then did it. And you could tell that he didn't want to do it because of how much he just appeared to not have cared yeah. about his acting in it. Yes, yes. But but yeah, I mean it's it, completely plausible, plausible, but that's funny. And I also admire your your admiration for the great Don DeLuise. We we don't we don't <laughs> hear enough about Don DeLuise these days. I know. I I watched uh, not too long ago. I'd never seen this before, but 12 Chairs. I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan, but I'd never seen 12 Chairs. I've never seen it either, actually. And I, I love Mel Brooks, but never seen it. Should I? So, yes. So my wife uh, had seen it. My wife. Uh, and she said that I should watch it. But it's, you know, she's like, oh, it's very funny. She's not as big of a Mel Brooks fan as I am. Like, she loves, uh, you know, history of the world and, and that. But I'm also like, you know, give me space balls and give me, you know. Life stuff. Everything in between. Yeah. Uh, and. Um, so yeah, uh, 12 Chairs follows this guy who, well, here's the premise. Someone put diamonds in one of their 12 dining room chairs. They're now on their deathbed. Those chairs have now left and they're being like brought to a museum or to auction or, or for sale. So they're trying to, to track down which one of these chairs has the diamonds in it. And Dom DeLuise is like one of the characters trying to chase it. And like that just, I have such a huge appreciation for Dom DeLuise for that movie specifically. Cause he's just like very silly, but believable where a lot of the times he's, you know, a little over the top, but very good movie. I, I highly recommend watching that. I will check it out. That's awesome. I have um, a very, I have yeah. a very strange, so good. This isn't exactly a Dom DeLuise memory, but it's Dom DeLuise adjacent, I would say. I went to the comedy store one time, and they had these, like, stars on the ground, like, you know, imitating the, the you know, the Walk of Fame star. Yeah. And there was a line of people coming into, uh, to the, like, the, uh, the main room, and mm -hmm. Peter, I recognized Peter DeLuise son of Dom DeLuise. And I think he was also on like 21 jump street back in the day. And oh, okay. he, he looked at the star and he was like, Oh, I like there was a moment of recognition. And then a woman right behind him looked at it and said, who the fuck is Dom DeLuise? And I, I was the <laughs> only one there who, who record, I wanted to be like, that's his son. And Dom DeLuise is a great actor, but I yeah. instead just said nothing. And it was, it was very <laughs> awkward. But, Anyway. Oh, it sounds it. <laughs> yeah, anyway. good, good thing to be a part of, though. Yes, yes. So I have I have one last thing that I want to say about this movie, and I, and if there's anything else you want to say, let me know, and then we're gonna we'll go into a quick break. But John C. Riley's character from Boogie Nights clearly grew up to be his character in Step Brothers. Absolutely, that is that is all I'm thinking. Like, you know, uh. That's not how you do a jackknife. Here, let me show you. And then, like, <laughs> fails, and, like, he's just like, oh, cool. Oh, how much do you bench? And it's like, oh, you got to tell me first. Okay, we'll say it on three. And then it's like, one, two, three, nothing. But it's just very, 
You could have replaced Mark Wahlberg with Will Ferrell in all of their scenes together, and you would have been like, oh, the, yeah, you're showing me uh, Step Brothers right now. Absolutely. That's a, that's a very good observation. Uh, and I think that I appreciate the movie so much more because of that. That's, that's so funny. Yes, yes. He's, he excels at playing that character specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, the scenes in the studio where um, you see John C. Riley just bobbing his head, rocking out. He's mm-hmm. so supportive of his terrible, untalented friend. It's, it's so charming. Mm-hmm. Because it's not even, he doesn't even think that it's not talent. He's like blown away by this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's awesome. Oh, and that reminds me of another, uh, one, one last line when the owner of the record shop, who is, uh, I don't know if you caught this, is Robert Downey Sr., the, the guy who oh, owns I didn't the, know uh, the recording studio. Yeah. He's, he's not going to give them their uh, tapes, you know? The tapes, yeah. And, and Mark Wahlberg is like, okay, you might own the tapes, but the magic on those, that's, those are, <laughs> that's ours. That's our magic. And the guy mm-hmm. said, that's your problem. That's a YP, not an MP. Yeah, an MP. <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg says, okay, YP. Or maybe, maybe, wait, maybe it's John C. Riley who says, okay, YP, MP. I don't understand all this industry jargon. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Sorry. Very well written movie. Yeah. I, I, just everyone was so likable and, and, uh, but yeah, but solid movie. And I'm, I, I, when I first, like, I remember I first watched it and I was like, oh, this is a great movie. And then I was trying to start it last night and it's two and a half hours long. And I never realized that. So I was like, oh, I hope I can get through this because we have to talk about this today. But, but I never thought that it dragged on or anything. I was just kind of like stuck in like each little bit of the moment. And, um, I just enjoyed it thoroughly. So thank you for making me watch this again. Of course, of course. I'm I'm really glad we got to talk about it. Hell yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to find out where we can find uh, Josh on um, social media, and you're going to share a drinking story with us. Okay, so, great. We'll be right back. If you've made it this far into the episode... It's safe to assume you're enjoying the show. You can support this podcast by picking up some merch over at shop.stricterpictures.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, and check out some of the other content we've created on this channel. Thanks. Okay, we are back, and we're going to get into drinking a little bit. So earlier in the episode, you were saying that you are not a big drinker. You're a little bit of rum. Yep. A lot of Coke. Yep. Um, so did you have a, a Coca-Cola? Just yes. <laughs> not, yeah. not that booger sugar. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. This isn't a boogie night kind of night. That's um, right. So uh, did you, you had a story uh, to go with that? Yeah. I mean, my drinking stories are, you know, few and far between because I'm such a sad, sad, you know, lightweight when it comes to drinking. <laughs> but um, I think the, the really the, the main story that pops into my head is like, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've actually been drunk, like, which is sad. I, I, I just, I, um, maybe I'm too much of a control freak that I never drink to the point of, of being, mm-hmm. you know, completely wasted. But yeah. um, 
when I uh, went to Hawaii with my wife, we went out uh, to a restaurant, and as we were waiting for our food, we started drinking, you know, classic Hawaiian drinks served in coconuts. Um, Absolutely, as, as you do. And That's I, what you uh, have to do. Yeah, it, it was it was really delightful. And since there was no food for like an hour, I got straight up wasted. And um, I guess it was there that I really learned what kind of drunk I was. I was always wondering, like, would I be like a mean drunk or the kind of drunk who's like, you don't know me. Nobody knows. Yeah. Me. But um, <laughs> my wife pointed out that I was, you know, an adorable and very loving, fun drunk. And uh, uh, good. we drove home. Well, she drove, really. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> had my head out the window like a dog, just like, wow, the air is so nice. It's so, so cold. And it, yeah, so um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a doofus when I'm drunk. So I mean, that's the best way to be. You know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, a, a drunk mind speaks whatever sober heart or whatever, whatever the phrase is, I don't know it, but I think of like, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I love that when I drink, I'm just happier and I'm goofy. And, uh, maybe at times I wasn't in, uh, I've worked on myself, but, uh, <laughs> but now it's, it's very much just like, you know, that's the scary thing is like, who am I going to be later that I can't control? Yes. And is it, do you want to control someone or do you want to have control over something where people are like, Oh, you were so goofy and you were fun and you were, uh, we had so much fun and like, look at this fun video. Or is it like you, uh, you know, flipped over a dumpster and <laughs> stabbed someone, you know, there's like, there's those two, you know, far spectrums and you're either, you're one or the other. Right. And, uh, right. But yeah, that, I mean, that's a good, drunk to be the uh, the goofy one yeah yeah i'm glad i turned into that kind of drunk um i can't imagine that i would be the stabby kind of drunk so yeah I'm, <laughs> you I'm don't glad. seem like a stabby kind of no, person no no not at all yeah thank you uh, you said that when you were in uh when you were there you had like the drinks out of the coconuts and stuff um so we were just there in uh first week of august for our technically our first honeymoon even though we eloped last year and did a honeymoon but um i had never had a cocktail out of a fruit and on our list it was we need to have a cocktail out of a either a coconut or a pineapple and so we ended up doing a i think i did like a miami vice which is like half daiquiri half um what's the white one pina colada i uh, guess uh out of out of the pineapple and uh my mother-in-law asked when we got back like oh what are some fun things you did i was like oh i drank out of a pineapple <laughs> and she said you went a very long way to do something you could have done here <laughs> <laughs> well that's true but i'm sure the experience of, of doing it there was made, yeah. made it all the more special yeah i mean she was busting my balls right off, but <laughs> yeah, it's just very funny of like that was like Oh, I need it. Well, I'm in Hawaii. I have to drink out of a fruit. Right, right. You know, that's, it wasn't like I need to see this volcano or I need to see this. Like, top of my list was, oh, I'm in Hawaii. I have to drink out of a fruit. That's like, that's number one. That's great. I love that. 
Well, I hate that we're at the end of our episode here because it's been so fun chatting with you. Um, you're a very talented and very funny TV writer, and uh, my parents say the same, which we uh, just talked about during the during the break. But uh, where can uh, the viewers and listeners uh, find you online to see your funny tweets and your funny posts? Well, uh, I'm on the Facebook. Um, uh, you can just find me, Josh Greenberg, or Instagram and Twitter, Mr. Josh Greenberg. Um, and, of course, Friendster. Um, that's where I'm. <laughs> I, I'm Is that where you show off your 13-inch penis? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say uh, those three social media areas are a good place to find my stupid little jokes and memes. Um, I have to, I've been out of the habit of posting for the last uh, couple weeks, but, uh, but I need to get back to it because I love making silly little memes and stuff. And I love seeing what you have to say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Very funny. Um, I want to thank all the viewers and listeners for checking out this show. Follow us on social media at HADWM. Subscribe to this channel wherever it shows on this video. And if you're a listener, go to watch.stricterpictures.com. And uh, cheers. So cheers to you, John. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Absolutely. Anytime.